tomb did. Jesus doesn't need the tombstone anymore. What is it that we believe about God and about His kingdom? Or about the cross and about an empty tomb? Surveys say that almost everybody believes that there's a God. Surveys also say that most people believe that there was a fellow named Jesus who was a really good guy and he died. And he taught about God and did some wonderful things. Most folks actually believe that. But when it comes to an empty tomb, most people draw the line and simply say, impossible, can't be. When people are dead, they're dead. We've never known a single person to come back from death. It's a debate that has raged that has raged since the very beginning of this bloody faith called Christianity. Even on an Easter morning, there are hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people who claim the name of Christ, who strive to live beautiful lives, but they don't really quite believe Jesus rose from the dead. And yet Easter Day, resurrection everything we say we believe about the kingdom of God and everything that the church has proclaimed since the beginning. Hear what Paul said in the lesson plan there for you. If Christ has not been raised, then your faith is a delusion and you are still lost in your sin. It would also mean that the believers in Christ who have died Indeed, if our hope in Christ is good for this life only, then we deserve more than anyone else to be pitied. And of course, Paul goes on. But the truth is, Christ has been raised from the dead as the guarantee for those who sleep in death that they also live in Christ. Those who believe that Jesus should be followed simply because he's a great teacher, but who really don't believe in resurrection, or as Paul put it, to be pitied. And they're pitied because they do not understand the nature of God, nor the nature of the life which lies beyond death. See, our society has a hard time dealing with death. We know at least cognitively that death is a part of life. Most of us, and maybe for some of us, it's been much too soon, much too recent in our past, has buried someone close to us. We understand that. But if you're young and you're vital, death seems a long way off. It's something I don't have to think about today. We deal so poorly with death most of the time that it's frightening. City council quoted as saying, signs warning of dead-end streets were apparently too macabre for some people. 
One resident who favored the change said, we've just moved into a condo, and right out front is a dead end sign. Every time you come and go, you have to leave that sign, and this does not work well. On the other hand, there are those who want to treat death as insignificant. USA Today proclaimed some years ago, death's no longer a downer. Death's former finality has been upstaged by a new vision of the afterlife in which the dearly departed can communicate with their loved ones, influence events, and come back into the mortal world. We've always liked movies that have happy endings, right? And we especially like movies where the, the chief star, whatever that is, dies or is killed and somehow gets to come back. And they make up with the, the wife and the kids and the dog. Lovely film, right? It's been almost 20 years now since the movie Titanic made such a splash. Yes, I do do that kind of thing. Here was a movie that took three hours for the main character to die. And yet in the end, it features Jack and Rose happy after all, despite Jack's drowning reunited on the grand staircase as if the iceberg didn't matter. And it was that, it was with that in mind that a turn of the century writer said that baby boomers were having a really hard time, and that's my generation, with this idea of death. They were beginning to watch their parents die. They were beginning to have friends who knew illnesses that were terminal. And they were saying, wait a minute, a generation as wonderful as ours can't die. Maybe we won't. And then he said, Hollywood's doing what religion wants. Some think it all started with the death of Spencer Scott and the inconceivability that life could be cut so short is, after all, Elton John's candle in the He's just going to go on, immortal. Give me a hand. You know that's not true. And I have just one thing to say about all that glitz. It has absolutely nothing to do with Easter morning. Did you hear the story today? Did you really listen? Jesus died here to die. He wasn't asleep. He died a death more cruel and more painful than I suspect we can imagine even in our worst nightmares. He wasn't dead for a moment on the, opera, on the operating room table and suddenly revitalized. It wasn't an out-of-body experience. He was dead, sealed in a grave. He didn't show some immortal soul some divine spark that lived on in the hearts and minds of the disciples. No, he was dead. Dead. It's a pagan Greek view that has oozed into our society and our culture, but it's not in the Bible. The disciples didn't deceive themselves about this death in the sense that they thought, oh, well, he'll live on in our memory. How often we say that. 
crucified, dead, and buried. That's what the tomb says. Do you notice the disciples on the first Easter? It is with great grief that they come to the tomb. There is no sense of a cheap message of, well, we'll go because that's where he is and we'll remember him forever. Nobody was thinking Jesus was immortal. What they got, what they thought when they got there and saw the stone roll back was not, he's risen. What did they think? Somebody stole the body. What you might think is yes. That's what any of us might think. There's an awful lot of weeping and real grief in the gospel because it is not true that this Jesus really was true. And yet within a few days, the followers, the disciples, began to understand that what had happened to Jesus was according to the Scriptures. And that Israel believed that one day God was going to solve the problem of suffering and death while God was at it, he was going to solve the issues of evil and injustice. Scripture says that's what God will do. And on Easter and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that is precisely what God does. The cross, which everybody thinks is the end, is really the beginning. Easter is the answer to the question, what to be done about this wicked world you're a part of. I would have you note that John goes to some length to demonstrate that what happened to Jesus on Easter was not only unexplained and strange, but it really did happen. It's still dark since he goes to the tomb. The linen cloths are noticed. Mary is weeping. A man appears. Mary doesn't even recognize who it is. She assumes it's somebody else. But you recognize those things because we've lived those things. It's resurrection. It's not immortality of the soul. It's not even life after death the way most folks portray it. Christians don't believe in disembodied souls. We believe in the resurrection of the body. Not resuscitation. Not a corpse coming suddenly back to life. Not immortality. Not a divine spark that goes on and on forever. We believe that the dead Jesus was raised by a loving God to defeat sin and death. Furthermore, when the risen Christ appears to Mary, it's not a ghost, it's not a spirit, it's not some disembodied something, it is a physical something she can see. She assumes it's somebody else. Resurrection of the body. Now, yes, Jesus clearly looks somehow different because at first she doesn't recognize him. But how does she recognize him? Here's him, falls 
you matter to God. We're not bound to become some disembodied spirit floating around. We're not going to be recycled into something else. We're not off in some never-never land. God has made this bridgehead against sin and death. And while it still exists in our world and even in us, it will never be the final word. Why is it we do the thing that any time we have a human, we call it witness to the resurrection? defeat that ever. But Jesus doesn't come and say, you know, this is a terrible world. Let me take you out. No. Jesus says, let me show you what I'm going to do in your world and in your life. And I will make you become more than a So, if you can sing today, Alleluia, Christ Jesus.